Psalm 139 verse 14. Psalm 139 verse 14. For so many years I never understood the scripture. Shall we go together? I will praise you. Marvelous are thy works. For so many years, I used to look at myself in person, my body. And I used to tell myself, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. In other words, certain parts of my body is fearfully made. And then certain parts of my bodies are what? Of my bodies wonderfully made and i used to ask myself which part of my body is wonderfully made i know i have very beautiful legs very very beautiful legs right from second i think i i realized my body for the first time when i went to um secondary school form one seniors would just stop me and say do you know you have very beautiful legs and then i'll just go like this then nobody had ever told me I had very beautiful legs. So I became very aware of my, of my legs. Then people would tell me, do you know you have a very beautiful figure? Now my figure is pulled um, out of getting pregnant four times and going to the labor ward four times. It's not the same. But then I had the typical Coca-Cola bottle shape. With, I, I won't go into that. With very, very nice backs. ATM. You know ATM. Who knows ATM? African trademark. This is what makes me a typical African. Then I used to look at my face, and I knew I had a very beautiful face. The only part of my body I never liked was my nose. So I used to think that that is the fearful aspect of me. It was when I began to study temperaments that I realized that when the Bible talks about fearfully and wonderfully, it's not just talking or it's not talking about your physical, your physique, but it's also talking about you as a person, the attributes you have. You have certain good aspects of your life and you have negative aspects of your life. And that is what temperament is all about. When you look at temperaments, temperament is what makes you you. Is your personality. Do you understand? So we have the weaknesses of the temperament and the positives of the temperaments. You have very good size that people just look at those good size and they want to be like you. Or they want to get close to you. And then we have the negative size that makes you you. Why do we study temperaments? And everybody must learn temperaments. Just like you go through children's departments, the king service, and you learn memory verses. You learn, I want the most, the one that John 3, 
John 3, 16. And then this one, I and my father are one. You know, just like we learn memory verses, temperament should be at your fingertips. You will need it everywhere you go. In marriage, you will need it. At your workplace, you will need it. In training up your children, you will need it. In relating to your friends, you will need it. We learn temperaments, number one, to know who you are. To know who you are. You must know you. A lot of you are having issues because you don't know yourself. You must know you. So you must know who you are. Number two, you must know your spouse. In other words, you make room. If you know the person is like this, you don't get excessively angry over certain things he does or over certain things she does. You know he's behaving this way or she's behaving this way because of his or her temperaments. And then you get to appreciate people better. Are we okay? So we are fearfully and what? And wonderfully made. Temperament. What is temperament? Some of you might have learned a bit about temperaments during your psychology class in, in school. But so many people have come to me and I asked them, have you learned temperament? They said, yes. Where did you learn temperament? Either school or through marriage counseling. Those of you who have gone through a marriage counseling, you'd learn about temperament. But some of the things we learn in school, we learn them study them, pass our exams. But after the exams, after school, when we come face to face with what we learned, it's so difficult for us to relate to it. Today, I am not teaching you temperaments to go and write an examination and pass or fail. I am teaching you temperament so you can be able to relate to it. What is temperament? I'm taking my time so you can get it very well. What is temperament? In psychology, temperament is the innate, is the innate aspect of an individual's personality is the innate aspect of an individual's personality, such as introversion and extroversion. Is the innate aspect of an individual's personality, such as introversion and extroversion. Number two, a temperament is the combination of inborn traits. You are born with it. Inborn traits that subconsciously 
affects man's behavior. You don't know why you do certain things. You do the things you do because of your temperament. It's a combination of inborn traits that subconsciously affects man's behavior. Number three, it is a person's temperament that makes him outgoing. That's an extrovert. That makes him outgoing. Or shy and introverted. Outgoing, extroverted. Or shy, introverted. There are four main types of temperaments. Four main types. Choleric, sanguine, melancholy, and phlegmatic. Four main types. Four main types. Today they have developed, they have developed um, other types of um, temperaments where you can have two temperaments put together. You see that one person has two. So we can say the person is close son. In other words, choleric and sanguine. But the choleric is, dom is dominant, or the sanguine is dominant. And then we also have sanglo. So we can combine them. Now they are even combining three together. But we have four main ones, choleric, sanguine, melancholy, and phlegmatic. Choleric, C-H-O-L-E-R-E-R-I-C. Everything is there. I would have to move very fast with the strength and with the weaknesses. Number one, for cholerics, there are strength. Cholerics are confident people. Cholerics are pioneers. They pioneer things. They can start a church. They can start businesses. They are pioneers. They can start a dream. They are decisive. They are purposeful. Cholerics are self-disciplined. They are goal-oriented. They are natural leaders. They are action-oriented. They are problem solvers. They solve problems. Solving problems comes very easy for them. They are independent people. They are organizers, and they are productive. Am I too fast? Oh, I'm okay. Okay. They are weaknesses. They are weaknesses. Cholerics are strong-willed people. Strong-willed people. They are domineering. Cholerics are impatient. They are stubborn people. 
Sometimes you look at the negatives and you tell yourself, no, this is not me. We are always just looking at the positives. I see a lot of people and they look at the positives of um, cholerics and they think they are cholerics. And then I start mentioning the negatives and they say, no, it's not them. Each temperament has negatives and positives, strengths and weaknesses. They always want things done in their way. Want things done their way. Cholerics are unsympathetic. Cholerics are aggressive people. They are quick-tempered. They are insensitive, especially for the choleric men. They stay with women. They don't know what the women are going through. They are insensitive people. They are argumentative, and they are unforgiving. They are unforgiving. We'll look at Bible characters. But let me quickly do the other aspects. And then we'll come back to the Bible. Sanguines. Sanguines. They are strength. They are warm-hearted. Number two, they are cheerful. Sanguines are very cheerful people. They are enthusiastic. They are generous people. They know how to give. They are outgoing. They are fun-loving people. They love a lot of fun. They enjoy being with people. Sanguines are affectionate people. They are generally very happy people. They express their emotions freely. Sanguines are passionate. They are passionate about the things they do. And then sanguines are optimistic. Are you okay? They are weaknesses. Sanguines are talkatives. Sanguines are weak-willed. They are weak-willed. You understand when we say somebody is weak-willed? They compromise easily. They change their moves so quickly. Their moods. They can laugh just now and cry just now. They change their moods quickly. They always like to be the center of attraction. Sanguines like to be the center of attraction. Sanguines are not dependable. Sanguines are impulsive spenders. Impulsive spenders. They like to spend. They buy by hearts. They are always shopping. Sanguines exaggerate. 
If a sanguine is given a testimony, you know it's a sanguine. If you are not a sanguine and you are seated there, you think this person is lying. He's actually not lying. He's exaggerating. For him, what he's saying is the truth. And when I went to pick the trotro, oh, the line was so long. They exaggerate. They are undisciplined people. Sanguines. Melancholy. Melancholy. They are strength. Melancholy. They are strength. They are very careful people. They are very gifted. They are naturally gifted people. Very creative. Self-sacrificing. They don't like publicity. Melancholies are very loyal and faithful people. Very loyal and faithful. They set standards. Very kind people. They are considerate. Avoid spotlights. They are well organized. They are creative. I think I've said that. They are romantic. Analytical thinkers. They are cautious about the decision they make. A cautious decision maker. They are weaknesses. They are weaknesses. They are always moody. Melancholies have self-pity. They are always pitying themselves. They are very suspicious people. They are also quick-tempered. Um, quick it takes them a long time to take a decision. They are very pessimistic. You know what it means? Just a few people said yes. Do you know what it means? Yes. Being pessimistic is always looking at the negative aspect of things. Looking at, the, um, for them, the worst might, might happen. She's going to the hospital. Hey, what if she goes to die? They are always looking at the negative aspect of things. They are revengeful. They are revengeful. They are unsociable. They get angry easily. Easily angered. They are insecure people. They are always anxious, anxious over nothing. They are hard to satisfy. They complain a lot. They complain a lot. They are perfectionists. They are self-centered. Phlegmatic. Phlegmatic. So these are the fundamentals. The strength of a phlegmatic they are very calm people. Phlegmatics. They are very calm people. 
easygoing people. They keep their emotions under control. They are peacemakers, phlegmatics. Peacemakers, they are very tolerant. Very reliable and faithful. They are humorous. They are loyal. They maintain high standards, good listeners, dependable, handle stress well. They are patient people. They are weaknesses. When you look at the strengths of a phlegmatic, you would always want to be a phleg. They are weaknesses. They are very fearful people. They are self-centered. They are selfish people. Always reluctant to make moves. They are slow and lazy. They are lazy people. They are indecisive. They can't take decisions. They neglect their duties. They have no ambition. They are hard to motivate. They are procrastinators. They always want tomorrow. I build my house tomorrow. I tidy up my room tomorrow. I learn how to drive tomorrow. I was referred in this paper. I will do it next year. The next year never comes. And then they are stubborn people. You got the strength and the weaknesses of all the temperaments. You are sure you did. Because I'm going to ask you questions from here. Looking at choleric, who would you say you know that is a popular person we all know? Either from Bible, either from Bible or within Royal House Chapel. That is a choleric. If you know you AG. Apostle General is a typical choleric. Is a typical choleric. Who in the Bible would we say is a choleric? Your people are very intelligent. Apostle Paul is a choleric. Paul's forcefulness and inflexibility resulted in conflict with his partners, John Mark and Barnabas. Other known, well-known leaders who are cholerics. Yes. Pardon? Mugabe is a choleric. Pardon? Rollins, J.J. Rollins is a choleric. Adolf Hitler was a choleric. Julius Caesar was a choleric. Bill Gates is a choleric. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher is a choleric. The Russian detector, Stanley, was Stanley. Let's look, we'll look at the bright sides, but sanguine, who do you know within Royal House Chapel or Bible? I want to hear you well. Reverend Mrs. Rita Krantiankra, okay. You see, that's why it's not too good to be at the back. I can't hear you. No. 
Then you don't know Reverend Derek. Then you don't know Reverend Derek. Well, sometimes, sometimes, the environment in which we find ourselves makes it look like we are this when we are not like that. Yes. Yes. Who else? Pastor Tony. I'm not too sure. Reverend Agri. Reverend Agri is a typical, Reverend Agri is a typical sanguine. Pastor Hannah is a typical sanguine. Chief Ape. Shariaite. I'm not too sure. There's somebody. Pastor Charles. Pastor Charles is a typical sanguine. Maybe when I break it down very well, you'll get to know. Pastor Charles is a typical sanguine. Baby Na is a typical sanguine. Na Dromo is a typical. I'll break it down. you get to know them better. Auntie Mercy is a typical. For those of you who do not know Auntie Mercy, Reverend Mercy Pariado. Typical sanguine. Dr. Lizzie Parks, typical sanguine. It's, it's, easier, it's easier to know the sanguines. It's very, very easy to know the sanguines. Somebody said Dr. Anas. It means you don't know Dr. Anas very well. Mama, Mama Faith, no. So I'll break it down. You'll you get to know them very well. So, I'll give you an assignment by the time I'm done. Somebody mentioned Dr. Anna, so we'll know whether what they said is correct. Melancholy. Melancholy, well-known person or within Royal House Chapel. Somebody said Mama Rita. It means you don't know me at all. Reverend Derek is a typical melancholy. Reverend Charles, uh, Reverend Darkith is a sanguine. Reverend John, you don't know Reverend Johnny. I'll, I'll break it down. You, okay, let me leave this one. Let me leave it. And then we'll look at something. Maybe you'll get to know them very well. Cholerics, we are looking at the dark side of cholerics. The dark side of cholerics. A choleric feels deeply hurt when he is humiliated or put to shame. So this one, you must know the person very well to know this. And especially for those of you that have started having children, you get to know. I, I saved Reverend Charles and Mama Rabbi UK. They are, when I get there, I'll tell you how I saved them. Even the recollection of his sins, we are looking at the dark side of a choleric. Even the recollection of his sins fills him with great displeasure. Because these sins give 
him a lower opinion of himself. Cholerics always like to feel on top. They like to feel blameless. So even when they commit sin, for them, they have defeated themselves. That is a choleric for you. Cholerics, listen carefully. Cholerics who are less talented. Cholerics who are less talented or not sufficiently educated can make very many mistakes. Why? Because cholerics are born leaders. They are natural leaders. They've been born to lead. So for those cholerics that are not sufficiently educated, you get them leading a whole bunch of people astray. Once they are independent or have power to command as superiors, they make a lot of mistakes when they themselves do not know. Cholerics are likely to make life bitter for those around them because they insist stubbornly upon the fulfillment of their orders. Although they may not fully understand the affairs in question or may have altogether false ideas about what they want to follow, their bright side, bright side, we looked at the dark side, we are looking at the bright side of cholerics. If a choleric develops his faculties and uses them for good and for noble purposes, he may do great things for the honor of God, for the benefit of his fellow men, and for himself. A choleric is very successful in his professional work. Cholerics are very successful. In training a choleric, I would have waited, I would have waited till uh, my next meeting with you, but a lot of you have gone through wrong trainings because your, your parents didn't know your temperaments. And I'll tell you why I saved Reverend Charles. In the training of a choleric child, one must place high ideas before him. In other words, a choleric child, in training him, you must place high ideas before him. I appeal to his goodwill, his sense of honor, his influence, his sense of honor, influence him voluntarily to correct his faults and develop his good qualities. 
in training the choleric child. Number two, and I want the wives here to listen. Wives who are married to cholerics, or if you think you know, do not embitter him by humiliating. Cholerics don't like to be humiliated in public, number one. Cholerics don't like to be humiliated in public. Number two, cholerics don't like to be beaten. They don't like to be beaten. Yet, as a parent, you must be firm in what you must demand from them. Cholerics. Our next meeting, we might look at the choleric partner. In other words, if you have a choleric husband or you have a choleric wife. Sanguine. Sanguine. We said a character in the Bible is Peter. Every time Peter, what did we say about the sanguines? We said they are talkatives. Sanguines are talkatives. Every time Peter appeared in the Bible, he was talking. Peter talked more than all the disciples put together. And in talking, he most often made mistakes. We said you can't depend on sanguines. Peter assured Jesus that he was ready to go with him. Even die for him, only to deny him a few hours after he promised Jesus. You can't depend on them. In the education of a sanguine child, the child must be consistently taught to practice self-denial, especially by subduing their senses. Till date, any time we go out as a family, Every time we go out as a family and there are other people there, now Dromo will sit in between Rev and I, between Apostle General and I, every time. Because if you are not careful, he, she will say something that will embarrass everybody. She speaks her mind. She says it without thinking. She will say it. She doesn't care whether she's hurting you or not. By the time she, realize, she realizes it's a bombshell. So she's always sitting in between us. So we can be pinching her bits and say, this one, please. And now she knows it. That once, either I will pinch her and Apostle General will kick her back with, her, with his legs 
to say, no, this thing you are, you are saying is not acceptable here. When we are alone at home, you can say it. That is a sanguine for you. The child must be kept under strict supervision and guidance. Strict supervision and guidance. You must keep them under strict supervision. He must be carefully guided against bad company because they are easily influenced. Sometimes when they are even in the, in the company of bad people, they don't know. And you must always keep them away from bad company because they are easily influenced. They are very cheerful people. One thing I did or we did for Nadromo that I, I have always been thankful to God was taking her out of Morning Star into GIS. The typical Ghanaian schools don't tolerate it when children are frank when children can speak their mind. They would always think you are disrespectful, but that is not it. GIS is a British school where children are trained to be themselves. What might hurt a teacher in Morningstar will not hurt a teacher in GIS. If baby now had finished school, a morning star would always have been in trouble. I went to St. Mary's Secondary School. And every now and then, my parents would always be called. Because I said something to a teacher. Because I said something to the headmistress. I did all levels. All levels, we were made to take, um, the minimum was eight subjects. You won't believe it that I, Pastor David, took six subjects to all levels. So before I entered into the examination room, my future had already been determined. There's no way you are going to pass and pass well with six subjects. Now Dromo went, took... Ten subjects to all levels. Marina, how many subjects are you doing? Nine subjects. Nine subjects. And I did six subjects. So before day one, I had already failed. Why? Because no teacher wanted me in her class or his class. It was so bad, the geography teacher didn't want me in her class. History teacher didn't want me in her class. My only option was to do art, drawing. So the headmistress called me into her office and said, um, no teacher wants me, so she thinks that the best option would be to do art. So in my mind as a child, I thought I was just being frank. In my mind as a child, the headmistress, I told the headmistress, but Sister Ruth, I can't draw your head. And this is typical, Bebina. 
I thought I was just being frank. I was speaking my mind. It was much later that I realized, oh, this was an insult. <laughs> later on, I went back to tell the headmistress, oh, I had actually discussed with my parents. And they said, it's okay, I could give art a trial. I went back and the headmistress said no. And I was always in trouble with my mouth. Always in trouble with my mouth. Unfortunately, I think our teachers in those days didn't used to do psychology. Or the Ghanaian teachers will do psychology but will not know how to apply. They won't be able to tell, oh, this um, child is like this because he's a melancholy. This child is like this because he's a flag. This child, they'll just brand you. And once one teacher brands you, all of them brand you. Are we okay? The dark side of a sanguine. The, the sanguine person does not like to be alone. He loves company and amusement. He wants to enjoy life. Baby now loves life. Every hotel or restaurant we have eaten, we ate in that restaurant because baby now recommended it. Every Sunday after service, she wants us to go out to eat. They love life. They love enjoyment. In his amusement, such a person can be very carefree. In other words, not serious with life. In the amusement. The bright side. The sanguine is an extrovert. He readily makes acquaintances or acquaintance with other people. I'm always comfortable when... Um, Visitors, my children's age, come home. I'm always comfortable because I know baby now will keep them company. She knows where to take them. The restaurant to take them to go and eat. The conversation. Nanakos will come and say, hi, and go into her room. A sanguine person is very communicating and associates easily with strangers. He is friendly in speech and behavior. Friendly, very friendly people. He can pleasantly, and when I say he, I mean he and she. He can pleasantly entertain his fellow men by his interesting conversations. This is Pastor Charles for you. Pastor Charles can entertain. By his interesting conversations. He does not find it hard to correct others. The sanguine does not long over unpleasant happenings. In other words, when something negative happens, it doesn't take them long to overcome it. Not a melancholy. We'll get there. Many things which cause a melancholy person 
a great deal of anxiety and trouble does not affect the sanguine in the least. You stop with them today. You are in a relationship with them. You stop with them today. This afternoon, this evening, they are going for a party. They are fine. They will eat. Go to a party and laugh as though nothing has happened. Stop with the melancholy. Three days he's in a room crying. His sadness does not keep long, but gives way quickly to happiness. We will talk about the sanguine partner in our next discussion. Melancholy. Melancholy. The dark side of a melancholy. Melancholy is also when they fall into sin. Can't forgive themselves. They can't forgive themselves when they fall into sin. Sometimes when you are not careful, they backslide completely. They always think somebody doesn't love them. That is a melancholy for you. So when they sin, they even think God doesn't love them. That is why they sinned. Get two people sitting together or three people sitting together chatting and laughing. A melancholy passes and thinks he's been, they, 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 are, they are gossiping about him. Are you getting to know some of them? You always must be careful when you are chatting with a melancholy. You say one word, and they bring meaning to what you have even thought about. <laughs> the bright side of a melancholy. A melancholy has a natural inclination to reverence God. And dutifully respect their parents. They reverence God. They respect their parents. Even if they don't like what their parents are saying, they'll keep quiet. They won't talk. That's Nanako's for you. Nanako's will not talk. You won't even know if she's insulting you in her head. You are saying something. Nanakos knows that what you are saying is not right. She won't even defend herself. She'll be quiet. She'll stand there. You will say everything when you are done. She'll just walk away, go to her room. So you don't even know that whether what you said, whether she's happy with it, she's not happy with it. You, oh. Now Droma will tell you. I, I think you people don't know me. And that's her first language. You people don't know me. You don't know me enough. Nobody in this house knows me very well. As an adrome, including me. (laughs) 
the bright side of a melancholy. He is a great benefactor to his fellow men. He guides others to God. He is a good counselor in difficulties. A prudent, trustworthy, and well-mean superior. He has great impact and keen desire to help them. Training the melancholy child, and this is where I come in with Pastor Charles. Before I taught temperaments in London, Pastor Charles' second born, his second born doesn't laugh, doesn't smile. Anytime you see him, he has a frown. Very, very indifferent. He doesn't talk to guests in the house. You can come in and go out and he won't mind you. And teachers in school had begun complaining about him. That he was anti-soul. He doesn't talk in school. He doesn't play in school. He won't cross your path. You two don't cross his path. And every day, teachers will complain that he's not friendly, he's this, he's that, he's that. So I had gone to UK to teach about temperaments. So Pastor Charles and Mama Rabba came to me and said, so um, what temperament is his brain? What temperament is brain? I said, oh, but don't you see, brain is a typical melancholy. Then they said, so what do we do? I said, brain needs more attention than all the other children. I said, Brian is excess love. Give everybody 50-50% of love and give Brian 100% of love. I said, anytime you are going out, go with Brian. So they began. When Pastor Charles is upstairs in the study and is alone, Brian is the only one that will come into the room. Sit close to Pastor Charles. And anytime any of the other siblings is coming into the room, he'll open the door small. Daddy is busy. Go. Go. Daddy is busy, yet you are there. In other words, he wants all the attention to himself. When they began doing that, they realized that he started opening up. Brian started smiling. Brian started laughing. Brian started being playful. Now when they go to the school, they ask them, what came over Brian? Brian has changed. Brian now is very helpful in school. Brian helps others. 
So if you have a child who is a melancholy and you don't know to give them extra attention and extra love, you would end up messing their life big time. Melancholies don't like to be beaten. When we talk about corporal punishment, um, the one the Bible says, spare the rod and spoil the child, it doesn't apply to a melancholy child. When you beat a melancholy child, you make life bitter for them. You can't embarrass a melancholy child in public when their friends are there on their own. You did this, you did that, you did that, and I think it was wrong, and don't do that, and they'll be fine. Is everybody listening? You don't compare a melancholy child with another child. There are two different people. You can't say, your brother is like this, you must be like this. Your sister is like this, you must be like this. They are different. Unfortunately, for us as a family, not the Crunchy Ankara family. I'm now talking about the Owusu family. My parents and my siblings. I was, and when I teach you the combination, you get to know me better. But now, for now, let me say I'm a sanguine. So I was a typical sanguine. Outgoing. You can insult me today. You can insult me. One minute. The second minute, I'm laughing. I don't care about anything you say to me. I don't care about what you say to me. I don't care about what you do to me. I, I, no, 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 no. Nothing bothers me. They say people can sit down and think. And I wonder, what are they thinking about? He's dead, and so what? I mean, that's me. She's dead, and so what? Unfortunately for my sister, my elder sister was not like that. My elder sister is a typical melancholy. Hers is typical, typical, typical. Like the Apostle General is choleric. Typical, typical, typical. My sister is a melancholy. Typical. Unfortunately for my parents, my parents didn't know my sister very well. I used to share a bedroom with her. And she would always come to me and say, I want to commit suicide. As young as we were. And I would run to my parents and tell them, my sister says she wants to commit suicide. And then my father would go like, ah, 
What is she waiting for? They didn't seem to understand her. And they would always compare me with her. I was smart. I was intelligent. I was fast. I would not say she wasn't intelligent, but she was slow. Some people are slow. There's nobody who is not intelligent. Trust me. There is nobody who is not intelligent. Except that some people are faster than the others. And because we don't discover who they are, we keep saying to their ears, they are not intelligent. They are not intelligent. They are not intelligent. And they end up not being intelligent. Between my sister and I, it's just one year gap. Just one year. Shoe. How to wear a shoe? The left and the right. I just couldn't understand. I taught my sister so many times. I said, this is left. This is right. And because my parents couldn't also discover, they made matters worse. We all went to St. Teresa's Preparatory School. Because she was a bit slow, my parents thought she was wasting school fees. Took her out of St. Teresa's into St. Mary's, St. Mary's Primary and Middle, which was a Saito. Except that, you know the Saito, we have different categories of Saito. So it was a bit of the Dabi Saito, like Bishop Girls. But it was still Saito. Like the Bema Camp schools. You know a lot of the Bema Camp schools are Saito. But because of the environment, it makes them the Dabi. For a long time in this school, Association International was Haito. But because of where they were, the airport residential area, you got a lot of Dadabi's children going there. So it looked like it was. So my sister was sent there until date. My sister has not especially forgiven my mother for taking her out of St. Teresa's into. So when you are handling melancholies for the group leaders here, voices in worship, everybody in voices in worship is not the same. Because I learned about temperaments and because of knowing my sister very well, people are able to stick around me because I get to know people by who they are. Dr. Nas is a typical choleric, the no-nonsense type. She doesn't understand why the simple thing she said. She said, Mama, Rita's birthday is coming. We are all wearing gilly. 
She doesn't understand why you don't want to wear gilly. For her, you are being unloyal. Yet, I'm able to handle Dr. Anna so well. People find CC too. But because I know CC and I know her temperament, I'm able to flow with CC so well. Is everybody getting to know the temperaments? So that you make room for people around you. When guests come, I don't care who is driving who. I don't care where you are taking guests. I don't even have time. At the end of the day, aha, uh -huh. so where did you go with Mama Rita? Um, where and where did you go? Um, which car did you... Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I've given you protocol. You must be content. Mama Faith is not like that. Mama Faith will call every 20 minutes. So where are you? Oh, we are the mall. Who asked you to go to the mall? I said you should go here first. Meanwhile, you are protocol. You think that, oh, where we are, if we go here first, before we go to the mall, it will be better. That is not my faith. Are you getting to know Mama Faith? Who is Mama Faith? Mama Faith is a typical melancholy. You need to know her. Except that, um, like I said from the beginning, we have combinations. So though I am a sanguine, I am a sanglo, a sanguine boxed up with choleric. I have more of sanguine and a little of choleric. Apostle General is more choleric and a little bit of sanguine. It's the sanguine that makes him a loving person. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Otherwise, if he was just a choleric, it would have been very difficult working around him. Do, do, do you get it? So, Reverend Derek is a typical melancholy. So, Reverend Derek cannot come and stand here and expect Reverend Derek to crack the same kind of jokes Apostle General will crack. Are people understanding? Sometimes we look at the pastors and then we want to box them and make them Apostle General by force. There is something called um, a burnout. Burnout. I am praying that next year Apostle General will let me teach it in General Assembly. We are forcing our pastors to burn out. We are forcing them to do what they can't. So even before they come and stand here to preach, they're already tired. They're already worn out. Hey, will people accept me? Apostle General is not there. Hey, they expect me to crack joke. Um, introduction, I have to crack joke by all means. And then raise the song. And then when I come to the body, in the middle of the body, I need to also crack a joke and then turn my hand like... 
do worship. We are not the same. Is somebody listening to me? So I will do the last one. Um, for flag, I've mentioned a lot about melancholy. We'll do the um, melancholy partner and what not, the last one. So did we mention who? I, I mentioned the melancholy. Royal House Chapel is who? Reverend Derek. Do you know another? Let me move on to phlegmatic and then we'll be done. The bright side of a, fle of a flag, a phlegmatic. The phlegmatic works slowly. And I want the wives here to listen. The phlegmatic works slowly. He does not easily get annoyed either by offenses or suffering. He remains composed, thoughtful, and has a cold, sober, and practical judgment. The training of a phlegmatic child. The training of a phlegmatic child is very difficult. Why? Because they are not influenced by external, they are not influenced by external forces. Nothing moves them. Nothing moves a flag. He doesn't care whether somebody is studying. He doesn't care. That's him. He will do what he thinks he can do best. When you are explaining things to a phlegmatic, you must explain it minute by minute, second by second. They are the group of people that you must constantly be on them. They are also a bit slow. I told you they are a bit lazy. They are moved by anything. With their flex, corporal punishment is not dangerous for them. You must actually beat them for them to sit up. We will look at the flag partner next meeting. Who would you say is a phlegmatic? Reverend Johnny is a typical phlegmatic. He's not moved by anything you do. Royal House, all the pastors said we're going to school. He's not even moved by what you are doing. I've never seen him angry before. Always cool. Abraham in the Bible was a phlegmatic. 
As a wife, if you are married to a flag, a man who is the flag, you might have to take a lot of responsibilities in the house. When you are married to a man who is a phlegmatic, you have to take up responsibilities of a lot of things. The Bob, the Bob is dead. He hasn't seen it. <laughs> Even if he sees it, he doesn't care. The training of the children, it must be you. Daddy would always be in the good books of the children because he won't beat them. Even if you try to beat them, he would ask you, why are you beating my child? That is a flag for you. Abraham in the Bible was a phlegmatic. That is why in trying to maintain peace in his home, he compromised by sleeping with Haggai or taking Haggai as a wife. That is why he was able to sack his son and Haggai from home. They compromised a lot. Well-known person who is a flag, Charles Dixon, who wrote Oliver Twist, David Copperfield, The Tale of Two Cities, Great Expectations, One-time First Lady of America, Eleanor Roosevelt, is a phlegmatic. 